0: Talk about the slimmer. Uh-huh. Oh,
1: no, 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 no. We are not doing this for another podcast. Haven't the French suffered enough, Nato? No. Okay, well, whatever. I'm taking over today. Buongiorno, and welcome to the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association podcast. I'm Amelia, and tonight we're cliff-diving off the deep end into last year's pre-pandemic hit, Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire. Or, as the French would say portrait of a young lady on fire. And joining me tonight to discuss this riveting sapphic romance, we have three famous artists you may have never heard of before. First up, from the Dutch school of abstract impressionism, it's Bobby.
2: But tonight you can call me Mary Cassette, who is an American painter that I looked up just before this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, pleasure to meet you, Mary. And next up, From the French school of something to do with droid portraits, it's Kim. Hey, it's
3: Kim, but tonight you can call me Antoli Meltan. He is a painter that I like, and he draws, like, women uh, dancing or with violins, and their skirts look like they're on fire. And
1: last, but kind of least, uh, he's not actually an artist from the school of anything, but you might know him as our usual charming host. It's NATO. (laughs)
0: Hi, I'm Nato Kitch, but you probably know me as my other name, Georgia O'Keefe, the artist who's known for drawing f- uh,
3: flowers, the flowers, nothing but the flowers. <laughs> They're definitely
1: not vaginas.
3: <laughs> definitely not vaginas. I almost picked Georgia, and I was like, no, I just don't. It's not in that mood tonight. Georgia wasn't on your mind. No, Georgia was not on my mind. <laughs>
1: We should be uh, real hammy and put that in the soundtrack for the movie, although I guess we won't have audio rights to it, so (laughs) never mind. All right, perfect. And to start off this episode, we are going to play one of our favorite games that we've never heard of. Get your buzzers ready for They Didn't, Did They? This is a true true or false game. There's seven questions, three rounds, and only one shot to get the answer right. And round one is all about the lovely Adele Ayanel. Question one. Celine Siama and Adele Enel have worked together since Siama's debut film, Water Lilies, or as it's known in French, Birth of the Octopuses, a coming of age story about three 15 year old girls experiencing sexual awakenings. Make a buzz in now. Nato, you are first.
0: I'm going to say that's true.
1: It is true. In the film, Enel plays the beautiful Florian, the captain of the school's synchronized swimming team with a bad reputation. Just kidding. She's being slut-shamed despite never actually having had sex. There's a lot to this film, but this episode isn't about that. Definitely check it out, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. On to question two. Uh, Adèle Nell has received a César Award, which is the equivalent of an Academy Award, for her role in the House of Pleasures, a period drama about the hopes, dreams, rivalries, pains, and pleasures of prostitutes in a luxurious Parisian brothel. Uh, Anthony Melton. True. False. So, eh. this is indeed a movie starring Anel. She actually won a Lumiere oh, okay. for her role rather than a César, which is like the Golden Globes. Right, say, so... I thought it was some award. Yeah. Uh, that's why I tricked y'all. <laughs> Question number three. Uh, aside from being a prominent French actress with a long, long list of movies to her credit, Adele Anel is also an outspoken feminist. All right, Bobby. I'm going to say that's true? You're correct. A prominent voice in the French Me Too movement, she was the first prominent actress to speak out against sexual abuse in the French film industry, leading to the eventual expulsion of Christophe Rouga from the Société des Realistateurs des Films, the Guild for French Directors. She and co-star Noemi Merlant, uh, who you know is her love interest in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, along with Aïssa Maïga, who is another French actress, writer, producer, director, famously walked out of the 45th Caesar Awards in February of 2020, when, he, when Roman Polanski was awarded Best Director for his film, An Officer and a Spy. As she was walking out, she raised up her fist and shouted for, fame, for shame. All right, on to round two, which is all about the director, Celine Sciamma. Question 1. Aside from Water with Lilies and Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire, Celine Sciamma has also dipped her toes into the horror genre. In 2013, she wrote and directed the French horror film The Rosy Wrath of Starlight, a surrealist horror in which a young woman discovers her sexuality against a backdrop of religious metaphors and vampires, a journey which eventually leads to her death by burning at the stake. NATO.
0: I'm going to say that's false.
1: You are correct.
2: <laughs> oh man, I really wanted that to be true. This is actually a,
1: This is actually a movie, but it's from the Czech New Wave in the sixties. And it's called Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. <laughs> oh Lord.
2: Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. I'm writing that down. What a idiot. week.
0: You're gonna give me a run for my money on obscure references. <laughs>
1: Alright, on to question two. Celine Shyama and Adela Nev, aside from having had a long-standing working relationship, were also involved in a long-term romance with each other. And Bobby. True. You're correct. Uh, Adela and Shyama dated for about six or seven years, from 2007 to 2014. Timelines are a little messy because they don't know when it actually started publicly, which is fine, but a little bit of trivia alright and so far we have Nato with 2, Kim with 0 and Bobby with 2 as well so we might need to do the tiebreaker potentially we will see alright, question 3 Siama is also the writer and director of Girlhood Antoly Melton (laughs) false it is actually true Ah, so bad at these (laughs) (laughs) um the film discusses for those of y'all who haven't heard of it the film discusses and challenges conceptions of race gender and class and was intended to capture the stories of black teenagers characters that she claims are that shama claims are generally underdeveloped in french films she considers this water lilies and tomboy to be her coming of age trilogy and actually stopped doing coming of age movies after girlhood That means we are, in fact, doing the tiebreaker. Um, All right, so the tiebreaker, whoever wins this one, uh, gets to have a portrait painted of them in a controversial medical um, procedure. So, Portrait of a Lady on Fire has an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 78%. While it received much critical acclaim, the film seemed to fall flat with your average moviegoer. NATO.
0: I'm going to say true.
1: It, that is false. It actually has a 92% audience score. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I believe that means Bobby wins.
3: Yay!
1: Does Bobby, right. win Bobby doesn't get the point for it, though?
0: Well, I
3: lost well, a cause,
1: point. Yeah, because he lost a point. So
3: Oh, I forgot you lose points.
1: Yeah, so... Kim, final standings are uh, Nato with one point, Kim with negative two, and Bobby with two.
2: I look forward to my controversial medical portrait.
1: (laughs) Hopefully there's no portions involved with yours, because that seemed like very painful to go through in the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So now we go on to the summary. Um, So, all right. Uh so Portrait of the Lady on Fire or, uh, Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire is a period drama that takes place in late 18th century France. Um in this film there is <laughs> Marianne is a painter who has been commissioned by a countess to draw a picture of or to draw a portrait of her daughter Eloise who has refused to have her portrait drawn because she low key does not want to marry the from Milan that her mother has hooked her up with. Um, She has just come from a convent after her sister's suicide because she didn't want to marry whoever her mom had lined up. Uh, Over the course of trying to sneakily paint this portrait, uh, Marianne and Eloise develop feelings for each other. Marianne eventually has a conflict of... a moral conflict and wants to let Eloise know that she's painting her. Um, Portrait gets painted. Their romance withers away into the nothingness that is being torn apart by gender roles in the 18th century. And M- Eloise ends up miserable the rest of her life, apparently always thinking of her. Um, that's this movie kind of in a very fast nutshell. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's dive right into it. Um, what are some things y'all want to discuss with this film?
2: Say, like, the that shot toward the beginning of Marianne naked smoking a pipe in front of a fire was a mood that I just felt real hard <laughs> in that moment. When she first arrives after having a rough journey there, and she's just like, I'm going to chill naked in front of this fire and smoke this pipe. That's, that's what I'm going to do.
1: One of the things that... So, Céline Chama as well, is also a very outspoken feminist in France, especially as a filmmaker. And I feel like that scene is particularly striking because if you take gender roles, especially in the late 18th century, I don't think a woman sitting naked by a fireplace smoking a pipe is necessarily something that would have at all been accepted by society in those days. You know, I think pipe smoking was definitely seen as a man's thing. Being an artist was seen as a man's thing. I think she talks about that in the film where she's like, (laughs) says basically that they want to keep women from succeeding at art. So that's like why they, you know, don't let them view men. Um, to draw their anatomy and stuff like that.
0: I want to say and I think... that the look of this film is just spectacular. Like, the colors really just, like, pop off of uh, the images. Um, like, the color grading specifically is just, like, one of the best that we've seen. It's not, like, oversaturated, like, uh, say, uh, but I'm a cheerleader, but it's still, like, a really distinctive look, almost like it's hand-painted.
1: Yeah, I think... I think the whole aesthetic of the movie, movie definitely lends kind of to um the overall feel that goes over the two women's relationship. I think there's a lot of, like, kind of grayness. Not, like like, black and white gray, but, like, you know, it's kind of windy outside, and, like... They're by this ocean that's just, like, kind of not blue skies like you would normally, like, you know, imagine beach scenes. It's kind of more overcast. Um, the colors of their clothing is a lot more muted. Uh, the color of, like, the, the dress she has to wear for the portrait, like, clashes with her skin. Almost, like, how this gender role marriage that she's, like, expected to, like, be forced into clashes with, like, what she wants in life. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting too is that Celine Shalma very purposefully and specifically makes movies that are not catering to the male gaze; they're catering to the female gaze, and I think that's really apparent in this film, with scenes like that one of her sitting by the fireplace. I think another one in particular is that very sexual armpit scene. Yeah. Which full confession? When I the first time I saw this movie when it was in theaters. I saw it at the Alamo draft house and I was drunk when like, I was like two beers. in. I think when I saw that part, nice straight up thought that she was fingering. her. <laughs> it wasn't until the rewatch that I was like, Oh, that's her armpit. But I think that that's one of those things too, because especially like in the past few years, you see a lot of this, like kind of, there's a counterculture quote unquote movement of women, like growing out their body hair that like a lot of, Kind of shittier men online like grab onto like you know oh, women with underarm hair and it's just kind of like a very blatant like fuck you to those people because she takes like this drug and like puts it on her hairy underarm and then they like finger that underarm like to rub it in there and it's just like very <laughs> anti male gaze.
2: <laughs> well, actually, yeah. in my notes what I kind of wrote was you know I thought of the Saturday Night Live sketch that they did recently which was lesbian period drama, right? And they kind of went through the tropes that have started to form around this this film. But what I loved is it had, like, all the trappings of the quote-unquote lesbian period drama without the cliches, if you understand what I mean by that. So, like, yes, they're taking long walks by this beach, and there's maybe, like, you know, limited dialogue, and there's lots of longing looks, but it's not, it doesn't come off as cliché. Um, instead, it kind of comes off as like actually building attention and serving a purpose in the film. Whereas I think the real distinct difference is when the, those other films are made by men, you get this impression that it's like picking boxes almost, mm-hmm. trying to fit a, a mold that's already been set. Whereas this one kind of is more like, you know, well, this is how you do this. You know, yeah. it, felt, it felt more of a like response to that sort of mm-hmm. growing, you know, trope. And saying, "Well, if you're gonna do it, this is how you would do it correctly, and actually make a good film."
3: Yeah, versus when a man makes a film like this, and they're like, "Oh shit, I have to make sure that I don't, I do this thing and I do this." Like um, the fireplace scene, I really actually appreciated because it wasn't—it was very much just like that's what she's doing to chill. It's not—it wasn't a sexual scene. They didn't go up for like a nice slow motion around her butt or anything like that it just, it felt like it was a really good movie. I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, and I think it just, like, more genuinely also just tackled, like, issues that women faced and would have faced in those days, period. Like, it seemed less like it was, oh, you know, like, kind of trying to objectify any kind of, like, you know, lesbian relationship for, like, any kind of gays as much as it was, like... These just happen to be two people in time, and this is, like, their story, and there's other, like, stuff that is happening to other people in this time that are also kind of part of their story, like the maid having to get the abortion, you know? Like, it. I think they, the movie just did a really good job of making, like, all the characters kind of like these well-rounded women, even if they weren't, like, the major, the main characters in this film.
2: Right. And so the film's like lack of score too, like musical score means that when you do hear music, it's like more emphasized because I'm thinking about when they go to the bonfire Mm -hmm. to meet the herbalist for the first time. Not only did I write in my notes, I love me some lesbian witches. I mean, herbalists, (laughs) Um, but like the fact that they're all singing around the fire and that's when you have for the first time, like music actually building under the two of them looking at each other and kind of acknowledging it's like that romantic trope of the big swell of music, but instead it's just like all these women's voices, which kind of really sets that moment apart compared to just the lack of score kind of undertone the emotions that are going on through the whole film, which I really thought was very unique.
0: I also think that the sound design overall is just, like, I'm not that into AMSR, ASMR.
1: ASMR? ASMR, yeah. ASMR, ASMR, yeah.
0: Uh, but, like, the sound design was just, like, f- the, the, the design of, like, the painting and everything and just, like, the textures just felt so real hearing them. Um, it's just very excellent sound design overall. Um, and I think that, especially for a film this quiet, that was really important that they nailed a lot of, like, the smaller sounds that you wouldn't really think about. Um, 'cause there have been um uh, there have been other movies about like uh painting in the past that don't really have the same texture that this one has, and I think that really that they really mess up uh not giving sort of like that emotional connection that you have when you're painting like on canvas mm-hmm.
3: I really appreciated the painting scenes. I really liked them a lot. Uh I don't paint too much, but uh it was really interesting watching the strokes and watching it slowly come more to life as the film
1: progressed. And I should got to know Eloise, of course. Like I think that was kind of one of those definitely like one of the underlying themes of the movie is that this girl who like really doesn't want anything to do with any kind of man obviously like she wanted to go to a convent and then like you know is in love with a woman throughout like most of the movie like she really doesn't want anything to do with this like guy that's marrying her and it isn't until like you know somebody comes in and stops like kind of objectifying her and treating her as something to paint but like actually starts seeing her as a human being that she starts to like open up and like be okay with being painted being okay with, like, even smiling in the painting.
3: That was such a such good a move. move. That was such a cool move when uh, uh, Marianne, Marianne, like, trashed, trashed that painting. painting. I was like, yes. Yeah. Although I Although did get I confused think. about the burning of the painting. Um, uh, It was, like, it was a really cool kind of, kind of mental fantasy, fantasy, fantasy thing, I think. But I wasn't really sure what was going on there.
0: It is called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So that was a portrait of a lady that was on fire.
3: That she then put into fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish I could do that, but I have a fireplace. Yeah. I want <laughs> a what fireplace.
2: Unfinished too, right? The, the yeah. Top part that of the one movie. was the unfinished. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I really did like the 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 acting and the superb, like the chemistry f- that they had. Um, uh, Heloise and Marianne. Uh. Like, I think that that's, this is probably like the saddest relationship we've had just because I wanted it to work out. They had such good chemistry when it got like near the end. Um, and it was just sad to kind of see it not, them not end up together, but I guess that would be a different movie.
1: Yeah. And I think that stays true to like the, the time period that we're talking about, you know, um, I think that's kind of one of the important things about this movie is, like, especially if you're talking about, you know, queer history and queer rights and stuff like that. In their time period, like, in the late 17th century, more than likely, like, they would not have ended up together. You know, she would have gone on and married whoever it was that she was supposed to marry, not only because, you know... Of her gender, but also because that was just kind of seen as her duty, especially if she came from, like, a noble family. She had to go marry some other noble person and make more noble babies. Like, there wasn't even, I don't think, a an idea of, like, being in a marriage for love as opposed to, like, duty.
3: Yeah. I didn't think they were going to get together as soon as they started talking about Orpheus, though. I was like, oh, well, that's it.
1: <laughs> I do like how that last scene where they see each other—it's just very much like, like the end of Orpheus in the Underworld, where well, she, she just doesn't kind see of
3: her. She Marianne yeah. sees Eloise, but Eloise doesn't see her. Eloise, I believe, see, stares the at the theater, theater, and it's the same song that she played for her. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh no, no, I the meant the
1: board. I meant the part where she's leaving the the. Castle or whatever the oh yes yeah, manor for the first, for the last time after oh, they meant her. end end oh yeah no not the end <laughs> end that but I mean I think that end end kind of does also refer back to what they were talking was when they're having like their little philosophical discussion about Orpheus she says maybe she chose or maybe Orpheus chose to live with her memory instead of to be with her and I think that's just kind of what that's like going back to as well like she saw her and the, you know, in the theater seat and she didn't see her and like Eloise didn't see her back but she's still just always living with that memory. And clearly Eloise is too because in that painting that she sees of her, she still has her hand in the in the book to the page that she drew the picture in. Yeah, that was really great. I like that.
2: Yeah. I think that we also see the emotions on Eloise's face as she's like That really powerful scene at the end when she's listening to the music, she kind of goes through the whole film again almost in her head. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see it where she's like, she's sad and then she's happy and then she's kind of like resolute that she still has this memory that can't be taken away from her, Mm -hmm. um, even though she's living this life that's kind of trapped by her duties, like you pointed out, and society. So. which I think was interesting because it was it goes it goes back to that argument they were having about the memory versus the person. Yeah. which is more. It's
0: also kind of a, in a way a subversion of the Orpheus myth. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like because uh, the whole thing is like he looks back and his wife turns to dust and she's not she doesn't look around, she just like keeps looking forward.
3: Mhm. In a way. Yeah, she's dragged back into hell. Basically,
0: yeah, I don't know why I laughed at that
1: (laughs) because I'm funny, Nate.
0: This is true.
1: This Um, isn't really a funny movie, I feel like, so it's not.
0: (laughs) Uh, I really do appreciate that there was a portrait of a lady, and at one point, the lady was on fire. Um, that's my that's the one joke I had written down. Um,
3: But the name I do of the, title, like the title, wasn't title wasn't said in the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. At the very beginning, when they ask her what the name of the painting is.
3: <laughs> oh, I guess that counts. But I meant like in a sentence, like.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, is it naturally just? Yeah, that's true. I Are do. You... I will say, like, going back to that scene where they're um, in the bonfire. I do like how metaphorical that kind of is to the rest of the movie as well. How, like, everything builds up to the point where she is, like, on fire. And then right as she's on fire and, like, having this moment, literally she just gets that fire put out. Which is kind of what ends up happening to her anyways. Like, right as she's, like, making love with this woman and, like, you know, really falling in love. That's, uh, that's kind of metaphorically put out so that she could go marry this dude.
0: See, my guess for the movie was that portrait of the lady on fire was actually the portrait that got made and then rejected again at, like, the second time. But I was wrong about that.
1: (laughs) You mean the one that actually got set on fire?
0: No, no, the, the original one, the one that's actually the picture of her catching on fire.
1: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It made me. The mom made me kind of sad because she like talks to to Marianne in Italian, and she's like, I think at one point she basically says like, "That's you know, like oh, you made me laugh. Like I haven't laughed like that in so long, or something." I just feel like women in that time were very trapped. Yeah,
3: yeah. to be like yeah, an
2: understanding just- of that. From all the women in the film, because we see almost no men in the film, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the bonfire scene reveals that there's like a lot of women on this island. That it might, in fact, be like the mascara or something, and there's just like only women on this island. <laughs> this
1: is the version that I like,
2: <laughs> right? And so, and there seems to be like even when they're whether they're talking to each other openly about things like the you know getting an abortion or what they need to do in order to um, take care of this problem for Sophie. Or whether they're just kind of, you know, silently kind of exchanging glances of just like exhaustion um, or boredom or just like, you know, what do I do now? I'm, you know, stuck in this house or I'm stuck in this role. It's kind of an interesting film to kind of showcase how women of this time feel trapped. But there's also some solidarity in that feeling.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting that the, uh, the daughter, the sister's suicide too is kind of never fully touched on, you know, which makes sense. Like, again, just sticking to the time and like, especially if they're religious enough that the daughter is like going to a convent, like, I'm sure that that would have been seen as something scandalous, but like, really she was trapped to the point where that was like the only way she saw out of this marriage she didn't want. And then they just put her sister like in the exact same position. (laughs)
0: With the same guy.
1: Yeah, just like, oh, well, uh, we lost one, but you want the other? <laughs> the other one's
3: great, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which just kind of shows how transactional the, you know, going back to, like, the concept of love marriages was not really a thing at this yeah. point in time. It just shows how transactional this relationship is, you know.
1: Right? Completely interchangeable. <laughs>
2: Which even makes like the portrait painting kind of interesting to me, because I was like in my notes I kind of wrote that it's it's clearly a very transactional relationship as you know most of these things were at the time, but the fact that he also wants a painting first, as like not necessarily as an expression, because like isn't am I remembering correctly that later in the film um, Marianne is actually making her own small portrait to keep with her mm-hmm. as like I keepsake. Think so. It's like two different kinds of portraiture happening, right? One that's actually made out of love that you want to keep with somebody that you care about with you all the time versus something that's just like, I need to inspect you know. I
1: need to inspect
3: my soon-to-be property.
1: Um, Right. See if I would swipe right on this before I lock it down. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Right, right. You said they were sisters. You did not say they were twins, so let's get this other picture. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right.
2: right, which is which is interesting, the way that you know the, the the kind of way the painter is approaching the commissioned art that she has to do versus the one yeah. that she wants to do for herself, just to have
1: So um next we have our second game gay set match. You all know this one. Each round two players try to convince the third player that their choice is the best option. The on man out gets to choose there's three rounds per- oh, that's not three rounds per category. <laughs> Alright, um, most point total wins, um, and make sure you have multiples in case your gets taken. Alright, so on to category one, best costume, and we will start in alphabetical order, so Bobby, you go first.
2: Hey, um, they're on the beach scene, where Sophie is, like, running between the two of them. She's wearing a, like, bodice that's, like, got floral embroidery on it, and you only get, like, little glimpses of it under her cloak, and I just feel like it's probably beautiful. And obviously made for sporting, you know, so you could run and jump and everything else in it.
1: Try to miscarry a baby.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> um. All right. And then we have Kim.
3: I loved the just the green dress even, uh, because it was such a stark contrast to the rest of the film, and it like it makes your eyes go. Wait a minute, what was that? And especially, I actually really like it when uh, Marianne is wearing it, because there's that moment in the mirror where you can only see her neck down, and I was like, that's such a really interesting way to have a visual representation of yourself for, like, self-portraits.
1: All right, Nato, so who's going to win? Is it the sporty floral or portrait green? i can't think of anything (laughs) snappy to say for those (laughs) i'm I'm a
0: sucker for floral design (laughs) um so i'm gonna go with the blue floral the mother also has like a really nice blue floral dress um at one point
1: all right and next up it is nato and kim so nato which dress do you think is best
0: Um, I'm going to go with the gown that Heloise wears at the opera. Uh, It's got this like burnt white, almost looking thing with this like gold vest. And she almost looks like she's on fire as she listens to the opera that she only briefly heard before.
1: All right. So, Bobby, who's it going to be? Is it going to be fiery opera wear or the what did I call it? Portrait green.
2: Well, considering portrait green was my other choice, I think I'm going to go with portrait green.
1: Kim. All right. And up next, we have Nato versus Bobby. Are you all both sticking with your answers or do you want to change them?
3: I'll stick with mine.
1: All right, Kim, who's it going to be? Uh, is it, op- oh yeah, sorry.
3: Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to do your your?
1: Oh yeah, is it going to be a fiery opera or floral sporty?
3: Fiery opera was my second choice. I really liked the, the just how, how nice she looked at the opera.
1: <laughs> All right, that point goes to NATO. We currently have a three-way tie, and going on to category two. If there was one thing about the movie, just one singular thing, what would it be? And we're going to start backwards, so Nato, you're first.
0: Um, I would actually show Marianne painting the Portrait of the Girl on Fire. Uh, we get to see one of her paintings at the gallery uh, that I think is Orpheus, um, but we don't actually get to see much of her other work.
1: All right, and up next, Kim, what is one thing you would change?
3: I I I now that we've had the discussion, it's going to be controversial. But I'd change the weird singing by the campfire scene. I love the scene itself, (laughs) but just the weird singing, I was like, "What the fuck is happening? This is out of place to me." But I do agree that should be some sort of nice swelling music or cackling fire. (laughs) (laughs) How often
0: do they practice that number?
3: Right? How do they all know? It took me out of the movie. I was like, "How do you guys all know what's happening now?"
1: It's a witch ritual. They're they're witchy herbalists. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is my only
2: conclusion is that this is a regular evening event that just happens to coincide with with you know Sophie going to the to the herbalist.
1: This is their abortion song, you know. <laughs> all right, Bobby, who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be painting in action or campfire kumbaya off? <coughs>
2: I think I'm going to go with painting in action because I agree we don't really see a lot of a lot of Marianne's paintings outside of the portrait that we got and the few sketches that we see her working on.
1: All right, that point goes to Nato. And moving on, <coughs> it's going to be uh Kim versus Bobby. So Bobby, what is one singular thing you would change?
2: Um Actually, I, I kind of would like a little more background on the herbalist herself. I feel like we don't know much about her, how she's contacted, you know, nothing like that. So I, I think some kind of sense of who this person was that they feel safe going to would have been interesting.
1: All right. And Kim, are you sticking with yours? Yeah, i stick with mine. All right. Perfect. All right, Nato, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Campfire Kumbaya or Herbal Exposition?
0: I also agree with Kim that it's a little weird <laughs> to that they all knew not only the words for the song, but when specific people were going to come into it. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to go with Campfire Kumbaya.
1: <laughs> all right, and that point goes to Kim. So far, we've gotten Nato with two, Kim with two, and Bobby trailing slightly behind with just one point. Uh, going into the final of this, Bobby versus Nato, are each of you sticking with your answers? I'll
3: stick with mine.
1: All, all right, Kim, is it going to be painting in action or herbal exposition?
3: Oh, I like action. Let me tell you about that painting in action. Um <laughs> that that, um, was, a that was a great add on Nate. Nate that would have been really cool to see more of her painting process or uh maybe, maybe them maybe painting, painting together, together or something or that would have been cool anyway so
1: she teaches her how to paint they run away together to be lesbian painters lesbian in Amsterdam
0: painters? <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright. I want that movie. And that now. puts NATO in a solid lead, winning with three points. Kim with two and Bobby with one. All right, NATO, there isn't really a prize, uh
3: <laughs> other
1: than winning. You get bragging rights. And you get to compose the next campfire opera. Oh boy. <laughs> um, all right. So NATO, you get to compose the next Campfire Opera. And last but not least, we have recommendations. So, starting backwards, Nato, would you recommend this movie?
0: Absolutely. I think it's a little bit slow, but it's beautiful. And I don't think we've watched a film quite like it yet.
1: I would agree with that, for sure. All right, Kim, would you recommend this movie? Yes or no? Uh, Sorry, time we it or no. <laughs> we
3: or whatever the fuck no is. Um, um, yes. Yeah. Then, if the, would I recommend this movie? Yes, I would recommend it. It's very, very well written and very well performed on screen. Um, I think it just flows and uh, it's just beautiful.
1: All right. And finally, Bobby, is this movie très mal or would you give it two thumbs up?
2: I love this movie. I I thought it was great. Um, I think Nato summarized it when he said, we haven't quite watched anything like it, you know, um, so far. And I I really thought it was beautiful. It did take me like two watches, I think, because the first time I was a little tired. I was not prepared to pay attention to it as much as I needed to. Um, But it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or ended up watching it later. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gayekapod, that's G A Y E C A P O D. While you're there, why not suggest a move first to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Back to you, Amelia.
1: All right. And as we're ending, we do the two sentence alternate endings. Who wants to go first? I'm gonna choose NATO since he won. Is the punk rock band called Portrait of a Lady on Fire? <laughs> Alright, and next up we're going to do Bobby.
2: My alternate ending is that the two reunite in old age after the husband kicks it, and they live out their days as revolutionary patrons of women's art in Ooh, Italy. I
1: love that. <sighs> That's they definitely cool. get to garden together in like big straw hats, too.
2: Right, just like, I just want peak middle-aged ladies just, you know, living as good friends in in Italy, <laughs> financing the arts.
3: They were roommates!
1: Right, yeah. Yes. Rude. Her child's
2: grown, it's her female companion, so she's not alone in the house as an old lady.
1: Poor thing. Yes, they, they only have one bedroom because it gets cold in the winter, you know, they've got a... That's- Expensive to heat up. Yeah. You know, why Why use a radiator when you can just use body heat? All right. And Kim.
3: I I hope that you'll think that mine is something feasible that would happen in that time and in the film. Because I think it would have been really perfect is just at the very end. And I mean at the very, very end. Like, we sat with her. I don't know how long that take was for, like, three minutes of her just, like, crying and, like, watching the opera. And at the last minute just have her look over and get that confirmation that she made eye contact and maybe go back to uh, Marianne and like she's only staring at her and crying and then it's like ah then they could just be friends or like they could have a contact or something like hey let me tell you about my awful ass husband <laughs> and let's have uh and let me come over and oh no it's snowed I guess I'm gonna have to stay here for the night weird
1: I'm a million. I'm available for hire if you need a motivational speaker for your next campfire herbalist meetup. <laughs> and I can be found at the nefarious navigator on Instagram. Have a great night and stay super gay and anarchist.